This episode is brought to you in part by DrawYouAPicture.com, where I can draw you a picture pretty darn cheap. Check it out, see what I've done for others, and see what I can do for you at DrawYouAPicture.com. It's also dedicated to Aaron Huey, Janusz Trispec, and Tasha McFarland. Thanks for your support on Patreon.com. You just made my day. Hey, how you doing, folks? Welcome to Make My Day. Made My Day, not Make My Day. I am uh, I'm not a guy with a gun in a 70s movie. Uh, this is the podcast that celebrates the tiny little wonderful things in life. Episode 23. It's brought to you the week of August 4th, 2014. It's my birthday month. And I'm your host. My name is James Kinnison. I'm a guy in recovery from major depressive disorder, anxiety, and bipolar. If you can recover from such a thing. And I'm looking for at least one thing every single day that makes life worthwhile. Well, we got a long week this week because I have been on vacation. I was gone from Tuesday through Sunday and didn't get to do a show last week because of that. So I'm looking forward to uh, getting down to what made my day every single day of the week. We'll start Wednesday. This was last uh, week on the 23rd. That day... Um, I got an email from a guy named Keith asking me if I'd be interested in becoming a, or functioning in the role of a children's ministry consultant. And that made my day. Um, many of you know, I worked in uh, ministry full time as a pastor, children's pastor, uh, for maybe 11 and a half years, something like that. Eight years in Kansas city and almost four here in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. And uh, I, I know a few things. I don't know a lot, you know, but I, I'm, I'm pretty good at some things. And uh, just being asked some, uh, some questions about how to handle, you know, an influx of kids uh, with only a few volunteers and, and how to get a program running and all that kind of stuff. Uh, now, I found out very quickly they didn't actually need me to come out there or they didn't need to pay me or anything like that. I, they just needed um, really not even motivation, just some, some, yes, you're doing the right thing kind of stuff. And so that's what I did. I, I told them that. And uh, even though I wasn't actually needed in that role, it was very awesome to be asked. And um, it's just the way I'm wired. I, I like helping people. It, um, it makes me feel special when I do it and, uh, I don't, you know, I don't care if I'm paid or not. So, um, that's probably a, a, a good thing and a bad thing all rolled into one as a, as are most of my skills and, you know, talents or whatever, uh, Friday. I don't know why I skipped Thursday, but I did in the notes, so I'm skipping it here. Nothing happened worth crap on Thursday. But Friday, it was my kids' last swimming event for the summer. And I know that out there in the podcast world, people listening to my voice, you are probably the best parent ever, and you just love your kids so darn much more than I do. And that is because you love taking them to these daily events and you love staying in the hot sun, watching them frolic and you love going on Saturdays or Friday nights to these God awful three hour, four hour, six hour. They feel like that um, swimming events or sports events or hockey events or whatever. Well, good, good for you. I am, I am proud of you. I am Grateful for you, and I'm sure your kids will grow up a whole lot better than mine because of you, um, but I am not you. <laughs> I, I hate, I, I love that I, I love that I do it, okay? I love that I take my kids to the swim class, and I love to be there for them, um, you know, for that, for that thumbs up that they give from the, you know, from the side of the pool, um, but I hate it. I hate the whole thing. I hate the heat. I I don't like the other people that are there talking about their kids, how awesome they are, and how they never do anything wrong, and how everything's just wonderful. Of course, I live in what it's basically a beach town, 
And so it's all these lily white rich people or want to be rich people. How about that? Um, that are just trying to out white each other. That's what I call it. And, uh, I don't, I don't really fit in. I just put on my headphones and I sit there and chill, but you know what? I got a secret. I didn't even go to the last swim event. I had a out and that out was, I needed to finish painting, um, our pastor's new office space, um, before we went on vacation. And also, or at least that's what I told my folks. That's, or that's what I told my people, my, my wife and, and children. I need to, I need to go and paint this thing, but somehow or another, because of a miscalculation in time, I started working on my iPhone, my iPhone. I love it, but, um, I don't know, maybe a year after I got it, the power button quit working. And, uh, I've been dealing with that ever since. And online, I found out that you could get that. This was a problem with my series, the series of phones or whatever that I have. I could take it in, get it fixed. Long story short, they wanted to charge me a whole lot of money to do a battery replacement mandatory, uh, before they did this free fix. Well, I got online. I looked up some stuff on YouTube on how to do it. And I ordered some parts through Amazon, uh, a toolkit. I went ahead and got a new battery while I was at it. And for a grand total of maybe 50 bucks for everything, it's probably actually a lot closer to 30. I got tools, battery, and I got this ribbon cable. Long story short, I thought I could get this thing knocked out in no time. It took me several hours. I had to remove every single thing from my phone, just about, except for the charging stuff at the bottom, the, the you know, the battery, um, the the logic board, which is basically the the motherboard of your computer, but it's your phone. I had to remove all these things because this ribbon cable literally lays down on the back of the phone, like the inside of the back, and it is paper thin. It's like made of. K, K, you know, um, copper and, and plastic. And it had all these little connections and, and this one ribbon for this power button operates all of it runs power to almost everything. The, uh, the volume switches, the little switch on the side that mutes it, uh, it provides power to the vibration function. And, um, I want to say several other things too, but, and then it goes up to the power button at the very top. And, uh, I had to connect all these things and get it going. And I ended up spending most of my time doing that. But, but GMW of that day, um, was that I closed it all up and I had, I didn't have any parts left over, <laughs> which is great. I diagrammed out every single screw I took out of the thing by sketching it and then laying it in the, the spot, uh, that I took it out of on the piece of paper. And when I closed it all up, ding, everything worked. It, it powered up. And, um, the power switch shuts off and on the phone and you say, well, how did you shut off the phone before? Well, they have this, this thing in the settings for people that can't push the button. It's a little accessibility thing. It lets you touch this little white button, which opens up an option. And then you push phone options and then another screen opens up and then it says lock screen. So for the last couple of years, I've been hitting that button, hitting that other thing and then hitting lock screen. And for the last week. Every single time I want to turn off my phone, I stare at it for maybe three seconds before I realize, stupid, you know, there's no white button. Turn it off. You fixed it. Turn it off. Just turn it off right at the top. Dummy, dummy at the top. And then I do. It's I'm old. I do. I do old man stuff. I'm staring at things. But you know what? I fixed my iPhone and that is not an old man thing. When that's all I can say. So I, I fixed my iPhone and then I did go to the church and paint. So, and I did all of these things, I might add, before my kids even got done. <laughs> I went and got something to eat, came home, and then my kids came home with my amazing and wonderful wife who stayed through the entire thing. And um, so if that shows you about how long this last event was and how awesome it was that I got to miss it, then great. Saturday. Saturday, we were, um, we we're down to one car because my wife um, decided to wreck one one day. Now, she didn't want to, but she did. 
And so it's being, you know, salvaged and processed and checks are being cut from, you know, insurance companies. But meanwhile, we're down to one car. So we're going on this trip to North Georgia on Tuesday. So suddenly it becomes very evident. We're not going to find another car. You know, my wife wanted to do that. She's like, let's get another car. Let's drive it. And I'm like thinking, hmm, let's let's not do that. Let's fix up my car just a tiny bit. It just needs tires and a and a little checkup, you know. Let's take the car we know runs. You know? So we did. We we postponed purchasing the car. A lot of stress went out the window when we did that. That was good. And uh, so we take it to Sam's. We've always gotten our, our tires at Sam's because um, you get that roadside assist, not assistance, but roadside hazard thing, and they rotate and balance them. And um, they've always done us right, you know. If there's any money that you can save or if they can patch it or or whatever, they'll give you credit and blah, 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 blah. I don't understand it all. All I know is my wife tells me it's a good thing. And I'm like, yes, honey, I agree. You're awesome. So we went to Sam's and I get in there and I show him all my paperwork and and I tell him um, that there's a possibility that I have nails in both back tires, which turned out to be true. Actually, a nail and a screw. So... Uh, Phillips head to be exact, because it matters. And uh, so the guy comes back. He's like, yeah, I'm sorry. Your your tires are six years old. And and the lifetime of them is like four and a half to five years. We're not allowed to even touch them. You need new tires. And, I'm, and I knew that. I kind of knew that. But just in case, you know, I was going to see. The tread was really low, you know, the Phillips head screw dry, you know, screw was kind of kind of worn down on one side. And we needed new screws new new nails and new tires apparently um but they have new tires without screws in them so we was we was going to buy some and that's when he asked me do you have locking lug nuts and do you have the key available i'm like yeah i'm sure i do it's probably in the in the glove compartment i'll I'll make sure it's out in the driver's seat before i leave he's like great so um he goes out to look at the car with me and to get the Lug nut. I look around, open glove compartments. He walks away because he knows. He knows. I don't know yet, but he does. I I search in every pocket, every cranny, every little facet, every little shelf of my Honda Element. I even pulled up the uh, where the tire, the spare tire is that has never been moved. And I unscrewed the middle thing and pulled up the tire to look underneath. Couldn't find this thing any stinking wear on the way home. Um, you know, I drug my whole family out, you know, we, cause you know, I was, I needed to drive a ride home. So, uh, on the way home, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to find out, you know, there's a, there's a auto parts place. I go in there. He says, yeah, you're kind of screwed, dude. Um, these things are keyed individually by the dealer and you're going to have to go through the dealer and they're going to have to verify ownership. They're going to have to have your key. They're going to have to go back and, and remove the ones that are already there with a universal removal kit that only they have. And then they're going to have to order you new ones and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, ah, so stress, right? You know, um, but no, no, um, panic attacks at this point. It's great. But I get home and it becomes very, very clear um, that I need to find this thing. So I look through the garage and there is, there's not much, there's a lot of crap in my garage, but it's somewhat organized in its crappiness. Um, and there's only a certain amount of places something like that would be. And I kept, I kept racking my brain because I'm like, James, you're not stupid. It didn't sound like something I would do, you know, clean out the car, see this thing and remove it from the car. That's, that's stupid. I, I, it just didn't sound like something I would do. My wife's trying to be helpful. She says, did you look uh, where the spare tire was? Yeah, I was like, look where the spare tire was. What do you like? You know, and I'm, you know, being a man and you know, why are you trying to help me? I'm a man. I don't need help. So I decided I'm going to look through everything again. So I start, you know, glove compartment. I'm thinking I'm going to open this thing all the way, look behind it, see if anything dropped back there, you know, <sighs> Looked under the seats, got a flashlight out, even though it was the middle of the day. I go to the back, open up the um, spare tire area again, begin to unscrew that thing. And then I see a little blue bag of tools. You know, it's just a little blue bag with a tie and it would have um, a, 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 a wrench in it, you know, to be able to turn the lug nuts. It would have 
um, some other little jack thing that would work with a jack. Okay. And I just had this crazy idea. And, and before I even unscrewed it, I just put my hands on it and kind of felt on it and rolled my eyes because I felt this marshmallow sized metal thing. I found the lug nut key and equal parts frustration and equal parts joy because I'm frustrated that I didn't do that before. Why didn't I just check that before? Cause that's cause I'll tell you why, because on the scale of where this thing was supposed to have been, that was probably the very bottom place. All right. The top would have been, you know, the glove compartment. Uh, second place it should have been would have been the little overhead bin or something like that. Third logical place would be back just loose in one of the side areas where some of the other hardware is that I, you know, like the, where the jack is or whatever. And the very last place before it shifts into what in the world is it doing there? That's the bottom end of the scale, like under the car clipped underneath in a, in a key uh, holder underneath the, the, the wheel well, you know, um, in my daughter's, um, jewelry box, you know, that scale, this is the last place before it flipped over into the red zone. And that's why it was frustrating. So my MMD though, for that Saturday was still finding that stupid thing because I don't know how much money it saved us and how much time and effort. But by the end of that day, we decided to go back. And by the end of that day, we had four new tires on that old 2003 Honda element and man, that thing drove better already. I could just tell it. You'd turn the wheel. And before, you know, with, with warm tires, when you turn the wheel in the car, you don't even notice it till later. But before, I, I could remember it. And, and it felt like, it was, like when you turn the wheel, it was like a suggestion of where you actually wanted to go. And the tires would just kind of say, okay, yeah, but we're going to go a little, we're going to take our time turning right. We're going to go a little further out than you really wanted to go. But with man, with the new tires, I'm turning and the whole car jerked and all the wobbles and wibbles and everything else that were going on before, because there was quite a few, were gone. Even so, we took it in that night, dropped it off at a, at a car place. And, and um, actually, I think we did it Sunday night, but we had it aligned and um, the tires were totally all jacked up. I mean, we hadn't done anything like that for it in a long time. So lug nut key is the probably the MMD of the week because you know, when you never find those kinds of things, you know what I'm talking about? We, we all keep these junk drawers full of stuff and random pieces just in case we need it and we never need it. And the one thing we do need, we can't find it's never in there. This was the case, the one case where it did turn up and it turned up fairly quickly which was, like I said, a little bit wonderful and a little bit annoying because we had to turn around and go back when we were already there. And it's not close. It's not close. Sunday, uh, the 27th, I uh, stayed after service and I finished painting the pastor's office, which was great. And uh, I didn't just, just to toot my own horn because I don't always have this kind of energy. Not only did I finish painting it, I picked up and folded all of the uh, the drop cloths. I, I, I went ahead and vacuumed everything, packed up all my stuff, put it in the car, and uh, took a little picture and, and uh, went on my way. When I got home, I was like, ah, might as well. I'm already dirty. I mowed the whole grass. I didn't even think I was going to do all that. I wanted to do just the front. But, you know, when you get started, it's not that big a deal. Finished the whole thing. Not only that, <laughs> got home. After that, took a shower, blah, 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 got ready and did a Girl Meets World podcast with my daughter. And it was a great episode. Or it was the Girl Meets World episode was great. It was about, um, it just had a good dad moment in it. And those always get me. Uh, so that was fun. It was a very, very, very productive day. There was a evening event at the church, um, but we didn't sweat it. We didn't go and... Uh, I don't feel too bad at all, actually, because uh, I had a busy day and it was good. It was good and, and, and wonderful. I mean, I used to lay in bed. Uh, uh, let me, can I explain to you what a Sunday used to be before even the worst of it? My wife would wake me up and immediately a panic attack would start. And I would lay there and I would try to think uh, about getting up. 
And it wasn't the day. It wasn't preaching. It wasn't doing the stuff with the kids and being there for for the adults and all the issues and problems that come up every single Sunday, you know, just doing what you do. It was simply rolling my feet off the bed and thinking about walking all the way to the bathroom to turn on the water, to get underneath it, to try to get it set right, to to put soap all over me and have to wash my hair and then have to shave and then have to find clothes and put them on. I mean, just every single, I'm not even, I'm not even dividing it up as, as much as my brain did because that's how little energy I had. And by sheer force of will, I would roll myself. My wife would tell you, she, she thought week after week that this would be the week that I'd get fired because I would just not be able to come in. But crying bitterly, I would groan and moan and hope my kids didn't hear and make my way to the, ba- the bathroom, trying not to draw attention to myself, believe it or not. And um, somehow, by the time the shower was over, I felt a little better. By the time I'd shaved and put on some clothes, I felt a tiny bit better. And since I'd already done all my sermon prep and everything was ready, you know, because I knew Sundays were going to suck, I just drove in. And sometimes I had to tell my people, and I just sat on the couch was part of our set, and I would just sit there and go through my notes, kind of not even looking at them. Because I knew what I was going to say. I just needed to look like I was busy so that, so that I could just rest, you know? And then the kids would come in, the service would start, and it would be as if nothing was wrong in the world. My wife would tell me later that it it was like she she never, I mean, it was like night and day. And then the moment I got off, the moment everything was done, it was back down to zero, and it was a, it was coming home, eating some lunch and going to bed and suffering for the rest of the evening until my medicine finally knocked me out, you know, at two or three in the morning. So why is it such a big deal that I finished painting my pastor's office, mowed the grass and did a podcast? That's why. And I'm very thankful to whoever I'm supposed to be thankful to. I'm thankful to my, my family, thankful to my wife, Thankful to God, um, and so on. Tuesday, Tuesday we left. My wife loves me. She didn't make us leave until like 11, 1130. <laughs> she didn't make me get up early because my meds still make me sleepy in the early morning days. And uh, we drove all the way up to Helen, Georgia, which is uh, kind of a, a neat place, a.k.a. A tourist place, aka they they dress themselves up like they're from the Alpine Alps. Like every house there looks like it's made out of gingerbread. It's a little bit dumb, um, and and only dumb because it's done. It's not done Disney quality. It's done like like your grandpa did it out of plywood and then just attached it to the front of your house to make it look, you know. Uh, Alpine-ish? I don't know. So we avoided all the touristy areas, and we had a cabin up there. And my sister, it wasn't a vacation. It was a visit um, to my sister and her her husband, and she has three kids. We hadn't seen them for a long time. They live all the way up in North Carolina. And when my wife first told me she wanted to go up there, I thought she was insane. And this shows me how much has changed just since we started planning the trip, because I'm like, I can't drive can't do it. I, I want to stay home. I can't drive 10 hours, but at the same time, I couldn't make her do it. And, uh, but I was, I, it's so easy for me just to say, I, I'll just stay home and you guys go, which we've done. We've done it a lot until recently, you know, with my trip, uh, to her mother, her sister-in-law earlier last month. So, um, I started trying to think proactively and I was like, Hey, let's meet somewhere halfway in between. And she was thrilled about that because that would mean the beach somewhere up the coast. Well, it was ungodly expensive summertime. You know, it's the, the height of the season. And we live in Florida. It's ridiculous to pay for <laughs> that somewhere else. 
So um, we started thinking about um, one of our anniversaries we spent up in North Georgia. We went we went to um, went a went a trip to Clayton, which is really nice. If you're ever in Clayton, Georgia, make sure you eat at the um, the oh the I can't remember the name, but it's this family style restaurant. So awesome, and it's in Clayton. But we ended up in Helen. Um, we'd been there before with some friends. We'd done some tubing and things like that. And we got a house and, um, we rented it for a few days and it was, uh, it was awesome. We split the cost. It had plenty of bedrooms for all the kids and their kids and our kids. And, and it had a hot tub. It had a game room. It, uh, was, it was a little small, but it had Wi-Fi, which was awesome. It, it turned out not to be halfway in between. It turned out to be about eight and a half hours for us and maybe about three and a half, four hours for them. Um, but I was happy to do it. And by the time we were ready to go, like I said, I was doing so much better that the eight hours, I mean, the 10 hours wouldn't have been a big deal. Um, but the eight hours didn't seem, you know, as, as big of a deal. I had the energy and I drove all the way there. And Jen said she was thrilled that I was there to drive because that, that highway driving's fine. But she says the mountain driving with the little tiny roads and stuff and curves drives her crazy. And, and, um, you know, I got to thinking about how impossible this was, you know, before and how, how impossible it seemed. And, uh, it, it, it just turned out, turned out good. I think also it being a neutral place, you know, not their house. Um, not that their house is bad. It's awesome. Um, but I don't have a place there. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's just a mental thing. I had a place to be, I had a place to go. And, um, I wish, I wish it had been a little bit bigger. We got a tiny little room <laughs> But it had a TV in it, and I had my iPad, and um, had my my laptop, and it was great. So congratulations to me and to my family for driving all the way to North Georgia. Okay, so while we were there, uh, I got an email, actually a message uh, via uh, um, via Facebook um, through through the Made My Day um, page. Actually, no, I think it was nobody's listening page, but it was kind of a MMD kind of thing. And I'm not going to mention her name, but it was a wife of one of our listeners. And, uh, this is what she said. I'd like to read it to you. And, and it really, it was probably, I, every time I get one of these, I always say, Oh, it's the best email ever. But for different reasons, this one, this one really was good. Shared it with my wife and everything. She says, I suffered with horrible deep depression for several years after having our son's it doesn't matter how much I tried to explain it to my husband, what I was going through. I just could not make him understand. I could not explain it in a way that he understood. It caused some hard feelings on my behalf because he felt like he could make me better or that he could just snap me out of it. He started listening to your podcast, Made My Day, I do believe. And one night he came to me very emotional and he apologized for the years that he had not been there and not supported me like he should have. He told me what you were going through and told me that you had explained what you were going through in such a way that he finally understood and was so, so sorry that I had been facing this alone. Things changed that very night. And I, and, and things have been so much better. I'm slowly coming back to myself, she says, and he is there supporting me and loving me every step of the way. And it was your story, your battles that got us there. And I just wanted to thank you. And I, I messaged her back and, you know, I never know what to say because I don't know. There's, I'll be honest. There's a part of my depression that just can't handle it. It's, it's, it's too much. It's so awesome. And it's so unbelievable because there's a big part of me that still believes that this was for nothing and for no reason and that nothing good can come of it because we're still in the dark phase. I mean, I'm doing better, but we're still, we haven't rebounded yet. You know, our lives aren't where it's, where it's going to be. I'm hopeful, but so it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to hear it. And, and it's awesome to hear it all at the same time. And so without sharing all of that, <laughs> And, and being unable to anyway, I, I respond in a way that is legitimate, but avoids those things. And, and it was something to the effect of, 
I, I can't get over the way it feels when you accidentally help people and how it feels almost better than when you, than when you purposefully help someone. And I told her, I said, I guess it's kind of like, you know, when you're a kid being told you were awesome or that you're loved versus overhearing your parents talk about you and uh, how much awesomer it feels. And so uh, just trying to relate to her. She wrote back, um, I hope it encourages you to know that you're making a difference and this thing you do does change lives. And um, as awesome as that is and as hard as that is to believe, I, I do believe it. And I, and honestly, if I didn't believe it, I wouldn't do it because entertaining people, I'm not very good at it. Um, am I the best podcaster in the world? No, my numbers, <laughs> my download numbers definitely reflect that. Do better than most, I guess, most people at my level anyway, but not nearly I mean, I'm I'm definitely at the low end. If you wanted to call me successful, I would be the bottom guy on the page. So it's not that. It's this hope that that every single show I do, um, and I mean podcasts, not episodes. Uh, every every one of my podcasts makes a difference somehow. I mean, nobody's listening was started to tell funny life stories. Um, but it was also the subtext was, hey, not all Christians are buttholes. <laughs> and we can laugh and cut up and even be inappropriate, even offensive. And uh, and it's OK. It's OK to be who God made you to be and enjoy life and laugh and not have to feel guilty and condemned. You know, that's kind of the subtext. If you didn't get it, that's that's it now. You know, and then Geek Loves Nerd was a show I did with my wife for years. And the point was, me and my wife are as different as night and day, and we have a great marriage. And so it's not the surface things that matter. It's about the things in your heart and the things you believe that that bond people together. That was kind of the subtext there. Podcast Kid, show I did with my daughter, started as just a way for me to capture the crazy, wild, <laughs> random things she would say and quickly became a, a conversation about ethics and, and morals and lessons that kids need to learn. And um, kind of like the email we got there, sometimes you need to hear it from somebody else besides mom and dad. Um, not Not besides mom and dad, in addition to mom and dad, uh, kind of like husbands and wives, you know, you'd be like, you hear somebody on the radio say something. And you're like, you know what? He's been telling me that forever. And the husband's like, yeah, I've been telling you that forever. And, and it just starts making sense when you kind of confirm it and verify it. And podcast kid kind of does that. My son's upcoming show. Grateful kid will be about helping kids to learn, um, to be grateful, not just on the surface saying, hell, thank you. But learning why the things that happen to them happen. Like, you know, I, I love riding my bike. I'm, I'm six years old. I love riding my bike. Well, who gave you your bike? Who got it for you? You know, who, who taught you to ride it? Those are important things to be mindful of. And uh, selfishly, I want to just train my kid. But <laughs> I hope it, it, it affects other people. Made my day started off as me just wanting to get back into podcasting. Um, I could, I could barely fathom or think of the possibility of ever starting a show again. And that wonderful day in that, uh, horrible CD <laughs> gas station when, when that guy pumped up, uh, uh, girl, you know, it's true. I don't know what it was. It was one of the, one of my favorite songs, um, and, and drowned out that horrible, yucky bass music. There's good bass music, but mostly, mostly it's just filthy and nasty. So, and, uh, and I got the idea for this show. Uh, GOK, Gospel of Kennison, is my personal audio journal. And the point of that thing is to just be real and to be honest. Kind of like this one. Only I get to talk about the bad stuff, too. And then, let's see, is there anything else? 
Oh, wait, let's let me let me go to the list here. If I miss any, it's going to be mad. Girl Meets World podcast um, started as as an experiment just to see. Hey, if you do a TV show, you know, review podcast, does it automatically become popular? Well, the answer to that is no. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Uh, we're five episodes in, or we're about to do the fifth episode. We're four in. It's not, you know, it's okay. It's not great. And uh, but but quickly, you know, I, I kind of am going to repent this episode for last episode when I realized I'm not trying to teach the kids or the people listening anything through the themes that are expressed in that show um, and taught and the lessons that she learns the girl in the show. Um, I, I need to be talking about them with my daughter. It's a show I do with her, but I've always kind of talked at her here lately. And uh, now it's going to be about her. And of course, as a result of that, people love listening in on conversations, you know, so it'll hopefully help some kids. Anyway, all that to say is I'm glad that the shows are doing what I hoped and hope and continue to hope they will do. I will just say this, that it has been beyond and above and beyond anything I could have ever fathomed. I mean, with nobody's listening, it's a dumb, stupid show where we talk about farts most of the time, but people are talking about, you know, I, I um I had a disease and I used to go in for this and and your shows helped me through the pain and and you know I had cancer and and it's in remission now but those dark times were helping me I couldn't sleep at night because I had panic attacks and your show you know blah 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 and I can't even find these emails I wanted to pull them all up and do them you know in a special GOK episode I can't even find them can't even find them all but um I think this young woman's you know thank you from Wednesday the 30th kind of says it all it encouraged me and it helped me remember that this thing that I do does change lives. And even though I'm not really a podcaster by trade, I, I, I kind of call myself that because it feels better than saying I don't have a job because I sucked up my life <laughs> on accident uh, through no fault of my own. But uh, I'm not a podcaster. I'm just a guy that records some stuff and puts it online. And, and and I'm filling my time and trying to be as productive as I can. And right now, this is that way. That's that thing. So if it can accidentally, on purpose, change some people and, and do more than I ever thought possible, then much rather better. Thursday. Thursday, that day, I'm still on um, holiday as they say in the UK. And uh, my sister's little son, his name is Asher, and he is cute. He looks like a little Samoan baby with curly hair. And he was very, you know, standoffish toward me. Loved everybody else in the house. And that's weird for me because babies have always loved me ever since I was young. But uh, I know when, when a kid's standoffish, the best thing to do is to be standoffish as well. Kind of let him approach me. And we'd been there, what, Wednesday or Tuesday night, Wednesday day, Thursday evening. Um, he's standing there. He's talking to me. He'd just look at me and do that. He's a year and a half old, by the way. He's in diapers. can't talk. But he tries to. And I remember Jenna, my daughter, doing that stuff. And then I'm like, oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Sure. And he loves that because then he would talk back. And I'm like, oh, right. Well, just for fun, I held out my hands. And he walked up to me and let me put him in my lap. And I quickly, lo- I was at my my uh, laptop, I quickly jumped onto my um, my YouTube channel and uh, let let him watch some silly Kinnison kid videos. There's a couple of them, and um, that was awesome. And the 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 the, the, the my sister and her husband were like trying to grab pictures of it and all that. Cause it was, it was like, yay, finally. And, uh, we did that several times. He would see me and he'd, and he'd put his hands up and that just, you know, when a baby likes you, it's an awesome thing. When a baby hates you, I don't really care, but when they love you, it's great. So, uh, that evening, just so you know, as if this show hasn't had enough realness in it already, just so you know, it's not all cake and ice cream. 
here at the Kinnison house and in, in, and in the, uh, the little gingerbread cabin in the mountains up in Helen, Georgia. Cause that night for no reason whatsoever, I suffered a one hour panic attack. So that was fun. That was awesome. Actually, it wasn't for no reason. There was something that happened and, um, it was just a, a fam, a, a, a kid discipline thing. You know, somebody had to discipline a kid and, uh, it was just, I don't know. It just set off a, a thing for me. It was just overstimulation, maybe whatever, whatever. And, uh, you know, my, my, I had to hold my breath and grunt and tried to keep it to myself. And, uh, it was not fun. It was not fun, but hanging out with Asher, watching my kids sing, um, what that song from frozen, not let it go, but the, uh, the one, uh, where they sing the song together. I don't even care. Friday. I got to go see guardians of the galaxy in the weirdest little (laughs) small town movie theater you ever saw in your life. I don't even know where we ended up, but my, my brother-in-law and I found a theater that was, um, I want to say 45 minutes away. It turned out to be in a steel building. Okay. So this would be like, if you went to a plumbing supply house, you know, that kind of thing where it's got a, it's got a very slanted, I mean, not a very slanted, a very shallowly slanted roof on the top and kind of corrugated metal on the outside. So we go in there and we got our tickets and we go into what I would say is probably the largest theater I've ever been in in my life. The, the actual room itself was humongous. And I think it seemed bigger because it was square. It, it didn't taper at the front. The, the ceiling didn't come down, you know, from high to low like they do. Um, there was uh, stadium seating, but man, it was the most laid back stadium seating you ever saw. Foot room galore, rows upon rows. It was built, you could just tell, it was built by some dudes that build houses and stuff. It was not, you know, it's not a chain place. It was just somebody that built platforms and, you know, installed some seats. And so it looked absolutely humongous. And uh, I, I, I enjoyed the movie. It was good. It was a little sweary, um, which it was only weird because, you know, uh, Avengers was kind of squeaky clean on that respect. And my kids wa- could watch that. I, I don't know that I'd let them watch this one. It, uh, you know, they're advertising it on Disney and only showing the cute Groot parts. But, um, but it was all right. It wasn't my favorite. It was on par with, for me, with Thor. Thor's a good movie. Um, and I'd say Thor's on par with Pixar's A Bug's Life. You know, if like I'm saying, all Pixar movies are awesome. Bug's Life is my least favorite awesome Pixar movie. Uh, Thor is awesome, but it is the least awesome of all of the awesome Marvel movies. And I would say Guardians of the Galaxy is right in there with that. So, um, but we watched it. We had a great time. And, um, that night when I come home, <laughs> I, uh, for, for no reason, um, uh, well, no, I say for no reason. Um, I, I ended up just getting very overstressed and overworked or something. And, uh, I cried for two hours sitting there at the table. And, uh, for some reason I was, I decided to draw a Buzz Lightyear on my iPad while I was crying. So that was fun for two hours. I only know it took two hours cause the drawing took two hours. Um, and I just kind of quit when I quit, you know, by the time I was done, I, I had sobered up, I guess, but it was, uh, it was rough. It's a rough time. I just, you know, feel negative. You feel gross. You feel, you know, whatever. And my doctors told me I can start putting this, uh, the stuff that treats my anxiety and crack one in half and put it in my lip, which really makes me feel like a crackhead. But, um, but it does help me to get the, the goodness you know, a little quicker. So I'm dipping basically. I'm dipping, uh, not snuff, but, uh, some sort of drug. So it's awesome. At least it doesn't have a flavor. I'll tell you that it's gritty. It's gross when it kind of dissolves and you have to finally just take it up and swallow it. Um, but yeah, at least it doesn't taste like anything. So the Buzz Lightyear, um, is kind of cool. It looks like he is punched in the lip and has a, a fat eyeball, like a swollen shut eye. And, um, I've never drawn a beat up buzz. I don't think so. That's the way I was feeling. So buzz got beat up Saturday. Uh, my wife and I, I won't go into any gritty details, but I will say that I 
was not doing as much on this trip as I thought I would. I didn't go to the to the water park. I didn't go on the float trip. I didn't go to um, see the waterfall, and I did not go to the trip to the Cabbage Patch Kid Baby Nursery. And um, there's plenty of reasons for that. But uh, my wife, um, I think that finally caught up with her. She was uh, upset um, that I had not been going. I was um, kind of taken aback because I thought everything was cool. And uh, it just turned out we had not communicated. Uh, but by that evening, as things tend to do, um, I had I had made amends. I had taken her out, just her and, and the two oldest kids, uh, my daughter and, and their oldest. And we had, you know, I got her some fudge and just kind of spent some time with her. And um, things things were all right. And uh, that evening was about as perfect as you could imagine. I mean, the, the, the kids went to bed early. The adults, uh, you know, were cutting up and laughing and stuff like you do. And then when everybody went to bed, uh, my wife and I finally got to use the dang hot tub that had been there all week on the very last night. Kids had been using it like a swimming pool, you know, and then, and so we'd have to fill it back up and it was never hot and it just, you know, but this time it was fine. And uh, we just turned the lights out and just laid there and talked and, uh, and it was, it was good. It was really good. And uh, Sunday we had our trip home and, um, I'll be honest, I had stayed up really late that night before that that Saturday evening. Couldn't sleep. It's typical. I mean, it's pretty typical. So getting up early and driving is, is hard. But um, I did it for a while. And, uh, and then we pulled over and she let me sleep. I got us out of the mountains, basically. And she let me sleep, which was awesome. And when I woke up, we were already down past um, Atlanta on our way to Macon. And I, I just, it, the whole trip fell a lot quicker. I drove the rest of the way. So most of it. And um, it was good. We had some good conversations, good stuff, you know, good talk, just trying to talk about the future. We always try to talk about the future. And the future talk sucks because there's no new additions to the future talk. We've had it. And it always ends with, well, we just need to wait more because we don't know. I don't know what to do. But it'll come. Monday. It was good getting home Sunday, though. Let me tell you that. I, I walked into my office and uh, and my computers were here and I, <laughs> I was back at my standing desk, which was awesome. And it was good. But Monday um, was today. We were uh, driving out to look at a car because hopefully we found a new used car for my wife, Jen. It, it's in real good shape. We, we offered the guy $200 less than he than he wanted. And he's going to let us know tomorrow. I got a pretty good feeling about that. 200 bucks, you know, whatever. Nobody pays asking price. So $200 is a pretty good deal if you ask me. But uh, it's a good car. It's good shape. But um, while we were coming home, we somehow were talking about the old car and the time that I had to uh, go over and get the stuff out of it. And my wife's like, yeah, the insurance company, you know, was supposed to be this, that, and the other. And they told us that that place was was pretty hard to work with. And I was like, yeah, my kids can, I mean, the kids can tell you how hard it is. Cause I had to, I had to leave them in the car with the engine running with the air on lock, told them to lock the doors and not to open them unless it was me or a cop. And, she, and my wife had not heard that part. I was like, yeah, I did. I had to leave the area that they were in and, and leave them in the car. I didn't know what else to do. I had them there, you know, my wife didn't have a car, you know, at the time. So, um, my my daughter, she just casually says, you know, why wouldn't they let us in that area? And I says, well, well, there's a lot of sharp, crashed up cars and most kids would misbehave and they would touch things and they would just generally get themselves hurt. That's what most kids would do. And she goes, are we most kids? I said, no, no, you're not. And she just says, I love you guys. And I said, we love you too. You make us very, very proud. And um, that was a good moment. My daughter has done this several times um, in just different ways, uh, has been grateful. She's seeing the benefits of her behavior and her brother's behavior. 
they're not perfect, you know, but this has just been a revelation to her recently at nine years old um, that there are benefits, like I said, to her behavior. And she's seeing other kids that struggle with behavior maybe or disrespecting their parents. And they see that those kids ultimately don't get to do a whole lot of stuff that they get to do. I mean, it, why would you take a kid out to eat? That's going to be a pest and scream the entire time, you know, or complain about everything or not like it or be misbehaving. No, you're going to be more apt to take them through the drive through and not even get the full experience or get the pizza at home instead of go to a nice pizza place. You know, there's just little things like that. And, um, when she said, I love you guys, I know what she said. Cause before she said it differently, she's just, She's, she'll tell me, thank you for teaching us how to be good. And it's awesome to hear that because she <laughs> was a hard one to train. So it's a good deal. All right. So um, that, that gets us caught up. The MMDs um, that I usually get from Facebook and Twitter, there weren't any this week, and that's fine. But uh, listen, if you have one, and you know, a moment, and it's just a little thing, you know, if it's a big one, email it to me, you know, email it to me at mmdcast at gmail.com or call it in at 209-5-NLCAST or visit the website and leave a message right there on the website. You can do it. Voicemail. Boom. Um, but if it's a little thing and, and you're on Twitter or Facebook, just tag it, hashtag mmdcast, and I will search for it, find it, and read it online. I think you have to be in America. I don't know. I would love to read one from not out in not America, but I don't know. I don't know how far out the searches go. I just go and I search for hashtag MMDcast and I pull in whatever's there. And uh, we did have an email this week, but I already read it. It was the one from Wednesday and I talked a lot about it. So I would be amiss though, uh, before we go, if I did not ask you to consider supporting this show at patreon.com slash mmdcast that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com um it's a way for you to support the show per episode if we don't make episodes you don't owe us anything but if you give us a buck or two dollars an episode that really adds up and it helps us out quite a bit helps me out i say us because i have a family and uh this helps helps me out in my interim while i'm waiting for the next thing in life to happen so yeah, do it. You can even cap it. You say, well, I don't want you doing 12 episodes in a month. Well, that would be a miracle, and you might want to support a miracle. But uh, you can even cap it and say, I ain't doing no more than three. I'm not doing more than four a, a month, you know? And uh, and that's just fine with me. So, hey, I said it before, but it bears repeating. If you have something wonderful that's happened in your life or your day, email your moments to mmdcast at gmail.com. Again, 2095NLCast is the number. You can just dial it, or you can visit the website and leave a message. Uh, the website is mmdcast.com, and you can follow me on Twitter, actually the show on Twitter at mmdcast, twitter.com slash mmdcast, or follow me personally at NLCast, and uh, you can like the Make My Day, Made My Day. I keep saying Make My Day, Make My Day. Made My Day podcast on Facebook. You can leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you found the show. Please consider doing that. That helps more than just about anything else. And consider sponsoring the show. And uh, that about does it for us. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, here's hoping that every day you find something that makes your day. Almost didn't get it all in.